Welcome to the Batphone Podcast, where we talk about combat sports, comic books, gaming, pop culture, and anything else my friends want to talk about. Hosted by yours truly, Nick Batman Hughes. Dicks. <laughs> oh, wow. Nick Hughes biceps. <laughs> One second into the podcast, Top Alan right. Hartley wins the game. By saying dicks. It'll never be broken. The never. streak will never be broken. I win. I didn't even get to say picking up the bat point this week is Alan Hartley. I win. Well, uh, hopefully you've actually uh, completely won that game and no one ever attempts to play ever again. Because <laughs> I can't have every episode of the podcast from here on out starting off with the word dicks. Like my mum listens to this podcast. What have you done? Sorry, Nick's mum. <laughs> really sorry. Sorry anyone in the future listens to this. The whole community is... <laughs> That's my bad. Well, hopefully I did it for the for the good of everyone, you know? Yeah, you yeah. finished it. A little bit of evil for... Yeah, for a lot of good. Yeah. Oh, isn't Worth that it. nice? I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> You'll take those dicks. Anyway, <laughs> so, I'm glad you uh, you got me up on this Sunday morning. You're the only person I'm getting up on Sunday morning for, man. I'm like, oh, what, you want to come back on the podcast, Alan? <laughs> everyone wants to have you on. It's going to be super fun. You know, we actually just get to catch up and chat. And then you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Sunday morning, <laughs> do you get up early? I'm like, yeah, you know, relatively. You're like, how about seven o'clock? I'm like, do you want to like, what do you, what do you do at six thirty? But I know you have a wonderful child now, oh, baby. So yeah, your life's a little bit different than what it was before. So much has happened since the last time we've sat down and chatted. I was only thinking about that this morning that. Last time we chatted was pre-baby. Yeah. It was over a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. Which means you've been doing this for a year. I know. Your life's changed. My life's changed. I didn't think I was going to be podcasting. I didn't think I was ever going to be podcasting. When I brought it up to Jackie, I thought she was going to laugh me all the way home. But she was like, yeah, no, you should do that. You talk a lot anyway. And you're doing it well. Like you, a lot of people, a lot of good conversations. Yeah. I'm glad that it sort of turned out to be, you know, people that everyone knows, but maybe some people from the... You know, who have lodged in the history of the combat sports community they've had a little bit of shine as well you know getting Paolo on and stuff like that that yeah. was really cool to just illuminate the type of personalities that are out there as well so this is um, Paolo the famed black belt not Paolo from your academy right no not Paolo from my academy <laughs> Paolo from my academy there's two two things about him <laughs> he only comes out at night <laughs> And basically, if you know, you know, and if you don't know, you don't know. That's okay. But it's okay. It's either way. If you're on either side of that coin, it's, it's fine. It's okay. Yep. <laughs> nice. Oh, man. Was that on your... Okay, so Alan's come in with a, a notepad today, a notepad. and I feel very nervous for the first time <laughs> on the podcast, because I'm a very non-notepad person. I just like to talk, you know, <laughs> substantially you, about You also nothing. have an incredible memory for, for recalling things you want to recall, so... I guess so, right? Yeah, maybe. Maybe not all of us, so some of us need to bring notepads. <laughs> yeah. Wow, man. So I guess since the last time we spoke, yes, obviously you brought Gracie into the world. And yeah. Well, you best. didn't. You didn't shoot her out. Not none of it. Yeah. <laughs> you did nothing. Thank we got to thank Jade for that one. Yeah. How's it been, man? It's been so good. Um, obviously challenging. It's a it's a, it's a massive change that doesn't all all happen at once. Yeah, um, but it's been real cool. It's real cool seeing how I change, how she changes, mm. how Jade's changed. Um, having a baby's the best. Everyone should get one. Apparently so. Yeah. I mean, I saw it with Jake and, and Amy when when Lila was born. I just recounting 
holding Lila in my hands for the first time, I'm like, this is actually Jake and Amy that are in That's my hands is, right yeah. now. Like, it's, it's such a strange but powerful feeling. I can only imagine the immediate attachment that you would feel for this new life that you, that you have. That's it. It's, I'd try to verbalize it, what it could potentially be like, but I guess that you feel it you know, every day. Well, some, some people don't. Some people don't at all, mm. you know what I mean? But I think if you let yourself be changed, then you can, you know? Yeah. Like if you, so the same thing that you got from trying to experience it, holding other people with babies, <laughs> when, when, you, when you stare at it and think about it, yeah. it's kind of the same. Yeah. I think so. Absolutely amazing, man. And it's brought about some massive changes, obviously, in your life as well. Now you're down in Adelaide. That's right. You made the trek, man. Moved to Adelaide, yeah. And opened up CCMA at St. Mary's. Yeah, two gyms. Two gyms. Yep. Did you ever think it was going to be like this? Or, I mean, was this the plan? How are you doing it, by the way? I have one gym and I'm pulling my hair out. (laughs) I'm going great. I was in the car yesterday. And uh, Jackie just looks over to me and goes, oh, salt and pepper over there. I'm like, oh, it's a knife to the heart. Salt like, and pepper's okay, though. She's like, no, 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 I like it. I'm like, what if I said that to you, salt and pepper? I'm like crying, trying to like drive on the expressway. You'd be a George Clooney gray hair, though. You'd be fine. Let's hope so, You'd man. be fine. I would be more like Maxwell Sheffield. <laughs> I think that's my trajectory, man, in Damn life. it. But yeah, I mean, how's it been? Oh man, ups ups and downs, you know, like it's uh, the the coolest feeling in the world. Mm. So I left Wyla in the hands of other capable people, Mm. so it was good. So Josh, Mark and PB are are running that. And I actually started doing better when I left in a a lot of ways, which is, you know, terrifying and sucks, but it's the best (laughs) at the same time, you know, like knowing that they're doing well, seeing how much they're growing. I went back up. I don't know, a bit over a month ago, and some of those guys are wrestling better now. I'm like, oh man, <laughs> maybe right Josh enough. is just making them wrestle more. <laughs> <laughs> it could be, it could be. It. Um, yeah, I think that's just a mark of your work, though. I mean, the the mentalities that you've instilled in those people who are there. I mean, it's still you. It's still your ethos that is there in this gym. You know? I hope so. I, I believe so, definitely. Yeah, and this is all we can really, at the end of the day, embody. You know, we can teach techniques. We can, we can show things but the the mindset we give them is is the most important yeah 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 it certainly is i think that's the hope right i think you've achieved what most coaches would hope could be achieved which is you could take a step away from the academy and it would run autonomously in in keeping with the vision that you had laid out at the outset that's right that's pretty impressive yeah um i'm happy i'm proud yeah you know I mean? i'm proud of it you should be proud yeah yeah and from the outside looking in, man, obviously I came down to the gym and yeah. uh, your first week of opening, I wanted to make sure I showed some support, which is very hard to do, as you now know, when you're running your own academy full time. It's like, I want to go out to M16. I want to get out to Aruda. I, I want to go out to Armour and Progressive and stuff like this, but I literally have classes every single day. I'm working every single day. And it's like, which one of these am I not going to run <laughs> so that I can uh, go and cross train? But Luckily enough, like, as I said, from the outside looking in, your academy now at St. Mary's has now become one of those, you know, adjunct hubs of cross-training where people just want to come and train with you. Yeah. See Nora there all the time. Obviously, you brought in Adam Jones for the morning classes, which has helped with that expansion. But you're probably one of the most frequented gyms for cross-training. And obviously, I push people from my gym to 
go and cross train with you. I know how valuable it is. And it's good to see Jack Barmer out there. And, Jack Barmer. And Papa Giuseppe as well. Yeah. Uh, Papa Joe and Jackie. Yeah. yeah. She, made, she makes the trip pretty religiously as well. But We had like three Jacks on the mat one <laughs> night and they were all from your gym, I'm pretty sure. And Jackie. <laughs> Jack, yeah. Jack, Jack and Jack. Yeah. <laughs> that was tough. So who am I... Um, who have I got my sights on at the moment? <laughs> Why are you posting inflammatory pictures on the on the internet? But uh, I, you know, I stay pretty reserved most of the time. He's the nicest guy in the world. For those who don't know, a guy took a provocative picture with <laughs> <laughs> Nick's partner, Jackie. Um, this sounds really bad, right? Now. If you, if you I'm don't have to paint any, it the best yeah, way, the best way. If there's no context behind the words that we're saying, which like, is the best. <laughs> Yeah, she was complete. She was complicit with this photo as well. Like, <laughs> she was complicit for as much for as much talk as there is about my bicep size. She's hanging onto this guy's arms. This and, guy wasn't even scared. And no. looking up to him with her little doe eyes, <laughs> rage is building with from the pit of my stomach. Worth it. Worth every second of the beating he took. <laughs> yeah. So what days does he come to the gym? Oof, yeah, no, he's a. Every day that you work. <laughs> like wow. you said with the cross-training though, it is hard cross-training as a coach. Like I've moved mm. four hours closer to you. Mm. And I think I've been less now oh, that I've moved to you. That's know? how it is though, man. It definitely is. Yeah. It's a dress. I think I've talked about a fair amount uh, on the podcast. Like dependent on what you want to achieve as a coach, you know, if you truly are stepping into that role of coach, then that's what you have to get up for in the morning. That's it. You know what I mean? Like your progression will come through the analysis of your own teachings. Yeah. And potentially the talent that comes through your academy and the talent that you can aid in developing within your own walls. But I mean, if you are looking to progress your own skills in a competitive setting, then you are going to have to go outside of your own academy to you know sharpen the iron, so to speak. But you've got people coming in who can help you with that you know, yeah. as well. Uh, and you've always been the type of person. I mean, you you were isolated for an extremely long time. So your own problem-solving and learning systems became your strength in development. So I think you're still in that in that range of rapid progression as well. It's pretty good, yeah. Mm. That's right. And it's having... Moving here, having such an influx of different bodies, different mm. games to actually train with. Yeah. i got a bunch better real quick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And Jordan as well, Bubbles. Yeah. Was that expected or an unexpected little gift unexpected. that they handed you? In, in one week, it was him. I don't know if you know Alex Shee. Mm-hmm. He's a very good purple belt. and He's a Zenith guy as well. Yeah. 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 And I forget who. There's one more purple belt who popped in that week. Maybe it's Camille. And these guys all came in one week. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too purple belt. This is trouble. That's awesome. Yeah, it's the best. It's the best. Mm. Yeah. The, all these people just come out of nowhere because we're convenient. Well, you have... Also, a reputation of being not just convenient, but like a high level and open arms. Mm-hmm. And when you've got that type of reputation, I mean, what is what's the barrier? What Hopefully what's holding nothing. anyone back? Nothing's holding anyone back. Man. Yeah, and you, I see like, I see people all the time going through there that I'm just like, yeah, man. Like it seems like it's sort of building this momentum, and it's building its own atmosphere and environment. Yeah. So I think that's really cool. I mean, I want. Jake to get in there as much as he possibly can. I want our MMA crew to come in as much as they possibly can. And I've got to let you know, we're all coming and dojo storming you on Wednesday. Dave, I'll be out. Because <laughs> <laughs> right, I want the uh, the MMA team to travel train a little bit more. It's, it was really hard over 
that period of uncertainty where shows kept dropping out. And to be honest with you, man, like the, um, the motivation really waned in the advanced group because there was just such trouble of consistency within the core group. You've got to remember, this isn't a new group. They've been slogging it out for a very long time. Matchups come and go, uh, wear and tear on the body stays. Tell me about it. So there's wear and tear on the body and then wear and tear on the mind. And they all just hit a bit of a point. So this is the first EFC where we haven't fielded any competitors and it's just going to have to be that way for a little bit. We're just going to have to rebuild. I'm making sure that the uh, leadership structure is really pushed. I'm, yeah. I'm trying to, I'm entering into a mentorship program for Ryan as well uh, as a coach yeah. and also Dan Dwyer as a coach for Jiu Jitsu, just overseeing them, helping them with their planning processes and giving them some insights into what I do for my own planning processes and how I pick certain technical themes that we're going through, what I'm looking for, key things that I'm looking for in a in an academy setting with cycles that play out and then also in action, in competitive settings, things that are playing out. And then there's that in action coaching as well. That Do you I'm mind if I jump into my notes a little certainly, bit? Certainly, please. Here come the notes. Here come the notes. So what... So you, your intro to this podcast is talking to my friends about pop culture. Yeah. Gaming. It's become very MMA based. <laughs> combat sports, anything they, want to, anything they want to talk about. Yeah. What do you want to talk about? I want to talk about um, just like an advice for fighters, coaches mm-hmm. uh, in the future. Because I've talked to Ryan a little bit. Yeah. Uh, because I like Ryan. <laughs> um, about, about this coaching process and, yeah. and things you're looking for. So one thing uh, which has only really struck me in the last couple of years is how much of a useful tool sparring can be. So mm-hmm. sparring doesn't always need to be hard. Sparring doesn't yeah. always need to be, you can change what it's for. So can you just say a little bit about what, when you said how you pick your themes mm-hmm. for, for teaching, you want to maybe explain a little bit about what you mean by that? Yeah. So I talked to Ryan about this and Ryan's trying to explain it to me. Yeah. So there's some key areas uh, for anything anything whether it's grappling or let's talk mma for example sparring is a good key tool to see what cycles are playing out technically and i mean like 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 for example if if everyone's in your gym is getting taken down against the fence yeah that's like that's in a cycle you're looking and that's an obvious one yeah that's an obvious one sometimes the cycles can be brought about because of techniques that you've already learned like a very strong technique technical theme that everyone's picked up very well can impact the training pool immediately. Sure. So ride control as opposed to committing to back control was yeah. a huge theme that brought about some immediate changes, some immediate impacts in those cycles. So not just sparring specifically, not just the act of putting all skills together, but uh, drilling, scenario drilling. I think that's important as well because that takes away from you know, just people clunking each other's heads in a sparring context, yeah. you know, because you can say technical sparring as much as you like, but unless you've got eyes on every single group <laughs> someone's all at the same hit. time, yeah, someone's going to get clocked. And some people don't like that, man. You don't want to be walking into every MMA session feeling unsafe. My hand's up for that person. Oh, look, I'm a you are not. You are not that I person. I go home and cry every day. <laughs> <laughs> but being a softie is a good thing because that means you might be a little bit more technical than hard nut. You know what I mean? And sure. Even the hard nut people crave techniques because mm-hmm. they want to get better at their craft and what they're doing. So I think that's why scenario-based drilling can be very impactful as well. Just this, this is one thing that caught me at your gym. So you, 
scenario drilling. This mm. is this isn't like repping a certain technique. No. Do you want to explain what scenario drilling so is? So we set up a scenario. So uh, you are on your back on the ground. You're near the cage. Your opponent is in a standover strike position, uh, and that's your base physical scenario. But then there's another scenario. You've got two minutes to sort this out. Nice. You didn't. Um, you're behind in the round. You got knocked down. Yeah. in the round so now your technique selection has to be based on being behind in the round sure um, so you can place that scenario on two competitors or two athletes and understand that the person on the bottom is in a worse position and they are the one who got knocked down but what if you flip that script and said the person who's on the bottom now they were up in the round yeah. And the person who's on top, you were actually behind in the round. And you're in nice. the last two minutes now. You were able to reverse the position. And now you've got to get some work done. Nice. So your technique selection has to change again. There's only two minutes of a five-minute round. How does that impact your techniques from this moment on? Nice. Those things can be very impactful because it, it, it simulates slightly closer the mental multitasking that will take place. And that helps as a coach because then you can see what techniques are actually going to be useful for an individual in that scenario. Uh, because you want to make people better in a broader sense, but you also want to make people better in an acute sense as well. What, what specific skills are they going to need to be, ordered in, to be able to win fights, to be able to finish fights as well? I think that because MMA is so broad... And there's so many technical skills that we need to learn to be at sort of like a base level. If you are going to enter into an MMA fight or an MMA class, you need to know so much about a lot of different things because there's so many things that we can do. What actually comes out can sometimes be a little bit convoluted, yeah. but if you understand, you begin to understand yourself and what you're actually trying to achieve in a fight. So I'm trying to give a really big, broad learning system and then a really acute learning system and something that qualifies any technique that I'm going to teach someone is what is going to help them immediately what can they take from this specific lesson that they can implement straight away and what is also going to help them long term within the same lesson so it's it's a little tricky sometimes but that's the way I try to put it together nice um, and it is about breaking those cycles as well so ride control was a, a massive deal right yeah people stopped looking at MMA groundwork as just jiu-jitsu or just positional. They started to look at the in-between positions, capturing spots that weren't identifiable to their opponent. And that became very hampering. So it's not just half guard, not just, yeah. full, not just full guard, not just putting your hooks in in the back. You're actually looking for cross-body rides and midway positions so that there isn't that automatic response from your opponent. They know what back control is. Yeah. They've got an escape. They know what side control is. They've got an escape. But this new halfway position. Halfway positions are harder to read. Yeah. Uh, and you're going to give more energy in order to try and escape them. But we got almost too good at that. So yeah. people could be complacent. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so what we've been doing recently is all of the escape aspects to those positions as nice. well. And taking some basic wrestling escape mentalities and implementing them into an MMA situation. Because you saw these cycles play out, and, yeah. you, and you know as well, is you guys might be the best at doing them, but someone else might do them to you, yeah. and if you haven't got the escapes, you're in trouble. And you, and you saw this inspiring, yeah. you saw this in your drilling. And we see it many, many times, but really in a fight, it only needs to happen to you once. Yeah, true. Uh, if someone just has a really good double leg, even though you've got great wrestlers in yeah. your gym who double sure. leg you all the time, 
they just ha- you actually someone's going to do it to you yeah. when you fight. Someone's going to pull the trigger and commit harder. And you're going to get taken down. You're going to be thinking, "What? I never get taken down yeah. with doubles. That never happens." Ah, man, this is a fight now. It's this right. is different. It's gonna happen. So you better have some pretty automatic, instinctual defenses that are ingrained within you, and that can lead to some composure. That means that when you find a cage, frame up. And actually get out that you can do something about it energy wise otherwise you're going to be committing a lot of energy to that scenario yeah um, i think that's something that you've always excelled with because you have a very fluid style in general you don't commit too much energy to things that you don't need to uh, yeah. but then again you're also an excellent counter attacker from a grappling and striking perspective so that they sort of feeds into your style when people come to aggressive but Let's talk about the ride style. So I've said that everyone, especially recently, that your gym is by far the best in the state at MMA wrestling. Not wrestling or jiu-jitsu, but MMA wrestling by far. It's the biggest thing I noticed when I came here. I I tried to use my jiu-jitsu and Jake, Tim, and just put me in there. I'd turtle up for Mm -hmm. whatever reason and try to get my guard back or try to stand up and they would just keep me in these offensive cycles and and wreck me. You guys are amazing. And now even Ryan... Chris Vidney's, Jack yeah. Barr, these guys are, are getting good at it too. Like they're all really good at it. So if you want to learn that, like your place is, your gym is the place no, I appreciate to be that. for them by far. I appreciate that. Another thing you said, which I'm trying to preach to my guys and anyone I come in contact with, is you got to have a, a direction for the fight. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Where, where you want to, because you're talking about these, um, these drilling, like what's your goal mm. in this situation? So if you're on top and you're trying to finish, you're trying to just, hold the round out because you're up and you're safe or, or mm. whatever. Do you talk about having a direction you want to take the fight in? I think that's really important and powerful. Yeah, we always talk about like that story of the fight. What's the story? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> we talk about that in the fight camp process when we do a little bit of opening simulation as well. I think Taylor has done that very well. Tim's done it very well in the past where it's, it's easy to say, oh, you want to set the tone. Yeah. You come out, you do your thing, you set the tone. That's a pretty broad terminology. What does that mean? Exactly. Know? What are you actually going to do when you step in there? You're going to throw a jab, you know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> but you see fighters do this very, very quickly. I think one of the biggest tools that has aided even high-level fighters recently is actually the calf kick. Uh, the jab has resurfaced a lot, but the calf sure. kick sort of set the tone. Immediately, guys are finding crafty ways to set calf kicks and that becomes the story of the fight, mm-hmm. right? How much damage they're loading up on a small amount of actual impacts into the calf. And now the story is you have to hide the calf. Yeah. The story is I'm not doing my fight plan anymore because I've been calf kicked and I have to immediately revert into a different stance, which shouldn't be too difficult. But if it's on my terms, that's great. If it's yeah. not on my terms, yeah. then I might not have as much uh, defense in Southpaw or my non-preferred stance. Sure. Uh, so that idea of the story of the fight gives you immediate direction and it gives you some momentum. So even if you landed one good calf kick, you yeah. did the thing that you wanted to do. Yeah. And that means it sort of jogs in your mind like, I'm fighting, I'm doing this, I'm in this. Nice. You know? um, <clears throat> yeah, my, my thing was always go out there and land one really hard leg kick yes. and understand that it's very different to sparring uh-huh. and then you realize you're fighting. <laughs> like I said, you, you've taken your first step in the direction you want yeah. and then you've taken them one step off of the direction they want. Yeah. If they have a direction. Yeah. Which some gyms and some people don't, right? Yeah. yeah. Because you might, you might just, your opponent might be out there just to fight 
and they just see what happens, you know? Mm. But you might have, like, I want to push him towards a cage. I want to take him down. I want to get this position and, mm. and grind him out, right? I think, yeah, that's pretty important. Having some set pathways. Like, if you have a track, when your opponent inevitably takes you off that track, you actually know what you're fighting back towards yeah. to try and get to, as opposed to just fighting in general. Yes. I think that's a powerful notion to people who are at an intermediate to advanced level. Well, I was six fights in mm. before... I heard you say this and it changed the rest of my fighting career. Yeah, I think it, it would help someone like yourself. Yeah. I think at an amateur level, you're still going to get those deer in the headlight moments. Sure. You're still going to get that wide-eyed white noise. You could have all of the high concept that you like, but they're still going to, you're going to still going to look at the ground, throw an overhand, someone's going to get clipped. Yeah. So amateur fights are very dangerous for that reason. It's Oof. kind of the fire <laughs> that you need to go through in order to, in order to earn your composure and earn those next levels of fighting. Jackie actually brought it up to me one day as well. She'd never heard the terminology second phase. Mm -hmm. So she was watching us coaching at a sparring day and uh, she was watching Jake and Tim and I was saying, okay, Jake's setting his second phases and Tim's trying to walk through those phases so he can shut down the, the furthered combination. And Jackie's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. This is Muay Thai. Well, I didn't know. <laughs> this is one hit and then you hit back. This, we've subscribed to this idea. I hit you, you hit me and that's yeah. fighting, right? Yeah. But yeah, the, those high concepts are good for intermediate to advanced and, uh, when you're in it, when you feel it, and when you feel how frenetic it can be and how confronting it can be to be in there with a lack of direction, then you understand the importance to implement it or to gain it. You know? yeah. um, and you'll work towards it. You'll work towards it naturally. Yeah. This is good. Um, I think in my first fight, I ended up against the cage and I had no idea if I wanted to be on the cage or yeah. not on the cage, but I knew that he wasn't hitting me and this was really good. And then, <laughs> and then I was like, well, I don't really know what I'm doing. So I'm going to let go and I let go. And then he caught me off the break. Yeah. And I was like, well, I wasn't expecting that. And then the fight went very quickly in his direction. Yeah. But if I had, if I had had direction where I wanted to stop it from getting a cage or continue mm. on the cage or that direction would be very helpful. I think that's very important as well. Yeah. I think, having a really strong focus on cage work in general, it, it brings about those ideas of anything that you do in combat sports, whether it's pure grappling or pure striking, you're looking for efficiency. Yeah. You're looking for chains of technique, efficiency, control, and direction. So if any time it gets anywhere near the cage, any scenario you've actually trained for and you have drilled techniques for, you're never going to be forcing techniques you're going to be able to identify when you're in a good position, when you're in a bad position. Another cycle that played out in our academy is we became so good at standing defense, long split, overhook, you know, chin strap cross face, breaking the posture alignment so they couldn't get doubled, forcing them off to a single with bad posture to immediately defend. Um, <clears throat> we got so good at that that people wouldn't try yeah. anymore and to do those things. Yeah. And that doesn't happen, right? Yeah. People will blast through positions yeah. to just to get there. You know what I mean? And we would, got, we would get complacent in that long split mm -hmm. and not try to counter. And yeah. This happened over and over and over again. And then people were getting taken down in fights. And I'm like, oh, no. I know why this is happening because we're too good at defense yeah. uh, in, in the academy. But even when you're on the ground in side control or under mount and you're near the cage, there are cage tactics that you can look for. There's those cage runs where you can run one foot over the other to create scrambles. 
uh, you can actually look to get to the cage to frame and begin to stand up with efficiency. When, sure. when you have techniques, it brings about efficiency. You're not trying to force things to happen. Um, and then obviously chain takedown and chain defense. So defense that leads to counters as opposed to defense that is pure defense. That's important as sure. well. And then cage instincts, where you are in the cage. Even if you get taken down in the center of the cage, that doesn't mean you have to subscribe to a gentleman's agreement that I'm on the bottom and you're on the top. Yeah. People aren't playing jiu-jitsu in MMA. They're playing get-up jitsu. Yeah, They're playing get-away-from-jiu-jitsu. And they'll hustle to the cage in order to get that to happen. And I was seeing that over and over and over again as well. People would get a quarter takedown, so sort of a, a scramble tight position, an open position, holding onto one leg, and the guy would just shoot back to the cage frame and stand. Yeah. Right? So we did a drill the other day that was don't let them get to the cage. Start That's in the right. center in ride control and use footwork not to let them get to the cage. Yeah. Um, but I mean, these, these are the types of things that over time you see the necessity for maybe in the beginning you're just like here's a cage here's a wall practice yeah yeah exactly and that's very good it's very necessary because you need to put in that grind time so i feel like these these techniques and technique selections and chains are all helpful if you have direction Mm. so if you have a hundred techniques to stop from getting to the cage if you actually want them to get up because you want to strike on the feet, not on the ground, yeah. then none of these techniques matter. You need yeah. to, all your technique selection needs to come from the direction you want to take yeah. the fight, right? Yeah. Which is where you, you choose in the drills what your what your meta is, I guess, with yeah. where you want to take it. And that's where all this comes from, right? The yeah. direction you want to take the 100%. fight. 100%. And that's a very individual, uh, personalized process. Exactly. I think Tim's a great example of this. A lot of the guys that we had initially were a grinding style. Like I was a very like closed in, no space grind style. So was Mike. So was Ant. And Tim wasn't. <clears throat> Tim was a floating style. Yeah. So he doesn't want to enforce grounded positions on you. He wants to post long on your neck and post long on your head and land damage and let you move and let you get up. And then he might not even try and take you back down when yeah. you stand up. He might just head kick you Leave instead. you up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and he would soak up your grappling attempts as opposed to blunt counter yeah. and use like static counters to stop you like big sprawls or anything like that. He let you drive into him, let you drive into him in the cage and just do very subtle, easy defenses to make you tired. And then in the moment of counter would do his damage. You yeah. wouldn't just counter and reset. Yeah. He's looking at that moment of counter. But and that, as you say, that's his direction. I feel like he's a perfect example because it feels like it's the wrong thing to do. You've got a perfect example. Take yeah. him down and hold him down. He's letting you get up yeah. into where he wants you next. I think what you realize is there is no wrong. Yes. Like, especially in MMA. Yep. Especially in MMA. There's such a broad scope of what can possibly happen. When you actually do find yours, you're right, then there is no wrong. Yeah. Yep. Um, and that's, again, it's very high concept, but it rings really true. When you have an experienced group of practitioners who are always working with each other, it's the individualized processes that are the most successful. And the insights that someone like Tim can give uh, when he's coaching, it's not just here's what you should do. It's here's what I did for this situation for this reason. For this outcome. Yeah. Yeah, and that's important. It's powerful. This is. I feel like this is some advanced stuff. For like at the start, it's it's very much like techniques and mm. basics and finding what you like and what works. Mm. And then 
as you get better at this intermediate to advanced level, like you said, this is a lot of what you should be focusing on, right? Yeah, reasoning. Yeah, yeah why you're doing what you're doing. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, sometimes even when I teach, I'll explain the reasoning within that. I think sequence-based learning can be very strong, but central problem-solve sequence-based learning is even better, right? Because you can look at it from both perspectives. Okay, so here's the start. Here was the takedown. Here was the pass that I did and it worked and I got this outcome. Here's the pass I, I'm attempting to do and it didn't work because this was my opponent's reasoning for sure. their defense. So this was my reasoning in overcoming their defense. So you get to understand both perspectives and play a little bit of psychology as well. Yeah. Psychology and fighting is super important, super important because you can be in dominant positions and a little bit of psychology goes a long way from a defensive perspective. Think about how hard it is to choke some people sure. and how easy it, it's perceived that they've escaped and yeah. gotten back up to their feet. And you're yeah. just like, what? Uh-huh. Like, I just won. I'm winning. Excuse yeah. me. Like, can you please stay there? I've, I've won. Then. Yeah, I'm winning. Yeah. Why have you escaped so easily? So it's kind of like my best stuff didn't work. But their reasoning was... I need to wait, I need to be efficient, I need to find my moment, and I need to escape. Uh, so, yeah, that logic of, and pathway of psychology can be very powerful, a very powerful tool in a fight. And again, yes, it is more to the advanced side of things, but if we want to take people from you know, a student to an actual amateur competitor to a professional competitor, what's the difference? Yeah. You know, I believe that psychology is the difference, Uh, Looking at things at a deeper level in terms of technical detail, direction and reasoning is a big difference and potentially also the type of athlete that you are within the same token of techniques, understanding our direction, your athletic direction as well should take precedent. You need to have good nutrition. Sure, you sure. need to have a level of directed strength and conditioning. Yeah, Yeah, you do. It's not just I'm eating okay because I'm in fight camp. It's I'm fueling my body to optimize my brain health and my body health outside of fight camp so that I can optimize this time to learn. Cool. Uh, this is on my this is on my list. So, okay. Yep. Um, for people for people starting out, what what outside of training do you think they should focus on? Because this is always when I'm when I when I coach, I think about what a technique looks like mm-hmm. at a white belt level compared to the world-class black belt level. Yeah. Brian Ortega's guillotine yeah. is a great example. He doesn't get guards, set it up. But he just, from wherever he is, wherever he sees the top of your head, everything's in mm-hmm. perfect position. And why would not we all just do that? And this is what I felt yeah. like with um, the mindset behind being a good fighter, or a great fighter, sorry, is these great fighters are worrying about the nutrition, worrying about their sleep, worrying mm-hmm. about their strength and conditioning. Why would I not just do that now? Instead yeah. of waiting till I get to the UFC. Yeah. Why not just do all these things that can get me there now so then I can do it? So what else would you put in that basket? I think there's a few things there. I'll try and unpack. This has turned into the Alan Hartley podcast, by the way. <laughs> the happy podcast. With Maybe you should use. start asking me questions. God, I didn't think I was going to be up on Sunday morning <laughs> asking very important questions, answering very important questions. Um, from experience, and I know you shouldn't really speak anecdotally, but you're either going to half it or double it. Right, this, this is what I mean by that. People come in uh, with athletic backgrounds, sure. right? So they might be 
doing six weight sessions a week and running and doing another sport mm-hmm. at the same time. Mm-hmm. And the advice I'm going to give to them is halve it, like halve yeah. what you're doing yeah. and focus on your technique. Now, if you're coming in with absolutely nothing, or you're doing one weight session a week? I say weights, but I mean conditioning. Yeah. Double it. Like yeah. let's double it right off the bat. Nice. And then so you can set out your program and your structure as to what is important. And you have to have an idea about what you want to do. There's a lot of, things you can do. Do you want a striking bout? All right, sure. let's program your week like that. Do you want to actually have a grappling bout? We've got to program your week and your conditioning. Train bout. for it. Train for that. Yeah. At least for this time period. Yeah. Immerse yourself in that. Love it. Watch Glory. Watch K1 Dynamite Max and oh, go nice. back. You know, watch one and just find fighters that you like and immerse yourself in striking before you're striking bout. Do the same thing with wrestling and grappling. Yeah. If you're going to have a grappling bout. And then... What it means is that you don't just partake in those sports and in those arts, but you love them. Nice. You learn the mentalities behind them as well. Wrestling, you learn the mentalities behind wrestling, the training behind it, the conditioning behind it. Then when you come back to MMA, you can take the strongest elements of what you've learned from those aspects and implement them into an individualized program that comes from you mm-hmm. and streamlines you to the type of fighter that you want to be in MMA. Um, I sometimes the people around you can dictate that because they're already very good at yeah. things. So you'll try things that you want to do and they do not work for a very, very long time. You know what I mean? I really want to throw this overhand right and you keep getting need. Yeah. You know what I mean? But you know, that's how it can be. You learn how to make a good overhand right with defense against an, you know, a, a bottom line strike or a yeah. low line strike. The other thing to that, if we look at that Brian Ortega example that you gave, mm-hmm. you know, it's the lack of setup that makes the submission so strong. So we understand and identify when a guillotine can happen. I might be doing my guillotine from drive control, setting up a dilemma, making you defend, and then snapping into my guillotine. And I always say the guillotine is like a, a gun with one bullet. Sure. You just want to shoot it once. Yeah. If it doesn't, like, if you don't get it, put the gun down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, don't, don't keep trying to fire an empty gun. Why? Listen, listen, to, listen to this. Listen to it again. Pre- press backspace 15 seconds. Listen to it again. But the Brian Ortega analogy is you're looking at someone who understands the anatomy of the choke itself. Yeah. So you reverse engineer. Right? So if I think about my strongest, my most powerful submissions that I get or that I know, it's the ones that I understand the mechanics of the most. Mm-hmm. Think about a basic armbar. I think armbar is possibly the best example of this. Because when you first learn an armbar, you learn what it is. Mm-hmm. And then over time, you learn how it works. And that's why it's so varied. There's so many different setups and ways you can go into it. And they're sort of... Techniques. I can swing into a far side armbar from knee right and far control. I can do an armbar from guard. I can do armbars from bottom side control. I can do armbars with both of my legs across your chest and head with my feet locked or no feet locked or one knee in or whatever it might be. It's because the mechanics of the break are sound. Mm-hmm. Right, my knees are pinched. There's no space between my heels and your head. There's no gaps. My butt's close to your shoulder, so I'm maximizing the leverage. My Um, your pinky's right on my chest. There's no space between your arm and my body. I'm centering my posterior chain and hips right on that break, right on that. So it takes less force and less pressure. It's the mechanics of the finish that I understand the most. So when you know that, 
when you have such sound understanding of the break and the mechanics of the submission, it can come from anywhere now. You don't need as much setup mm -hmm. to get to that finish. You're rushing to the finish. Mm -hmm. That's what you're seeing with the guillotine. Yeah. You're seeing someone who understands the mechanics of the actual finish so much that they can rush to it and find them straight mm -hmm. away. So they're not looking for a setup. They're looking for a finish, literally. So really understand all the elements of the finish. Yeah. Yeah. And whether it's a switch, well. kick, switch head kick, whether it's yeah. anything, you know yeah. what I mean? Well, understand the anatomy of the finish. Perfect. And then you will understand that it's really present all the time. And I think a heel hook is uh, a great way to look at it as well. The evolution of the understanding of the heel hook has increased drastically over the last five to six years. So the setups for it become more intricate, but they also become more streamlined. Like viewing K-Guard as a setup for an inside heel hook is absolutely astonishing, but it's very efficient. Mm -hmm. So if I know that I've got a really good finish underneath my right arm of your right heel, I'm going to go for K-Guard on my left side sure. so that I can enter into backside 50 on your right leg to put it to put it on your right foot, right? Yeah. So what you're doing is you're reverse engineering the strategy to your final finish. Yeah. And you know that that mechanic is sound. That's your best finish. Yeah. So you set up the beginning to replicate that finish, right? This is how I, just side note, this is how I set up some of the strategies for people's fight camps before. How mm. I want them to finish the fight and, yeah. then, and then how you can make it happen. Mm. And of course it's a fight, anything can happen, but some pathways that most commonly make that happen. Yeah. That's real cool. I think it's probably the most powerful way, uh, the most simple tool to bring about a powerful outcome. Cool. Um, and it's a great tool for coaches as yeah. well. Reverse engineering a camp or reverse engineering a strategy. Yeah. As opposed to like trying to build something up where lots of things could happen. Yeah. Um, and I mean, that's what we've done in the past. I think that might be one of the problems with sequence-based learning is it starts at the start. Sure. <laughs> you know yeah. I mean? um, but yeah, any anytime you're teaching a concept, it's greater than teaching a technique. Yeah. But if you're teaching a process, that's even greater as well. Because nice. then you empower someone with their own sense of problem solving, like learning. Um, Kit Dale was the first one really that I, I heard talking about this. Um, and there was also, a, he did a an instructional with another guy that was a con conceptual based learning. And mm -hmm. I remember winning a, Facebook contest where he sent me out like the, the DVD or something like that. He sent me out an online link and that was a purely conceptual based learning approach to jujitsu at the time. That's cool. And it sort of resonated with me because I understood it. And it's that simple analogy of like, if you teach someone how to do a Kimura in their first lesson and tell them the role, all they're going to try and do is a Kimura and they're going to come out of that class going, Kimuras don't work. Yeah. You know what I mean? But if you teach them just to frame, uh -huh. just basic framing and protecting their space, then when they actually, if you tell them to roll again, they're going to attempt to protect that space and they're going to get so much more data mm -hmm. based on what actual jujitsu is and what actual rolling is. People are going to be like approaching their frame going, why can't I pass your guard uh -huh. that well? This is your first lesson. Yeah. You know what I mean? And right. they're going to be like, I don't know what guard is, but I, <laughs> I like this frame. I feel safe here. And it curtails that instinct to push too hard and pull too much. They're just protecting space efficiently. Like I got asked a while ago, what do you think is the first lesson that people should learn in jujitsu? And years and years and years of doing jujitsu and grappling, I had never been asked that question before. 
And when I really think about it now, I truly believe it is framing and protecting cool. space. Yeah. Real quick side note, just because you brought that exact story, there's a guy who trains at my gym, Dave MacArthur, who did one or two lessons at your gym, yep. like forever ago. And then the thing you taught him was Kimura, and that's the only submission he's put oh, at, at my gym. So, so you, must, you must have taught it pretty well. <laughs> it's completely shattered my whole theory <laughs> about Kimuras. Kimuras um, are great. He pulled it off on another brand new white belt, but he pulled it off. Yeah. Um, so to recap so far, so strength conditioning, either half or double it, mm. but make sure you are doing it. Yeah, and, and make sure and, it's and specific. Yeah, exactly, like, towards what your goal is, yeah, whether you, it's grappling, get... striking. A little emotionally involved in how much you bench press and stuff like that. Sure, but that's not our goal. We're not no. bench press athletes. We're combat sports, combat sports athletes. athletes. And empower yourself with knowledge in that regard. Number two is the one which I feel the most strong about. Make sure you love it. So you hmm. go, go, Whether you love watching fights or, I don't know, the ultimate fighter or, hmm. or whatever, but find something you can watch and immerse yourself yeah. in, right? Yeah. And that, that gives you the mentalities of some of the athletes that you fall in love with. And yeah. And, and all of that you get to identify with it a bit more and yeah talk about it and yeah you, you have to be about it right yeah you do you really yeah. do and then if you enjoy it you also be here for another 15 years yeah after you're done fighting but if you if you're just an athlete just for yeah one fight then that's probably you done yeah yeah, yeah. enjoy it yeah there's so many different aspects to combat sports oh how could you not enjoy it gi will come back around how dare you? you know, if, if you <laughs> if you're not, a, I'm gonna be 80, bro, in my pajamas. You know what I mean? Like, I'm gonna be 80 in my pajamas, talking shit. Like, I'm gonna be saying wizard shit. You know yeah. what I mean? That's shit that's not true. Just to see what I can get away with. Like, Kimura is actually done the other way. Right? <laughs> always reverse grip, but always. 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 <laughs> just see if they believe it. No geese for idiot. <laughs> but it will be there, you know what for I mean? Sure it it will. will be there. Like it'll come back around. Let let yourself love different aspects of things at different times. There's no reason you have to force yourself into anything. Perfect. And there's no reason that everyone has to fight as well. I'm so proud of um of Anthony Pugliese. To like to be honest with you, man, like I I saw him fight MMA mm-hmm. and I'm like, man, this kid is legit the next thing right super legit and then i heard about some issues that he was having with concussions and i got concerned because i'd had similar issues and i watched him like morph into this grappling beast and when i had him on the podcast i I hopefully tried to plant a little bit of seed about ADCC. ADCC. adcc adcc come on bro come on and i just saw his mind ticking over and what he's been able to achieve now in the M16 Open underneath that rule set because he's immersed himself in it mm-hmm. and he loves it. Mm-hmm. It's like, he's happy. He's where he should be. He's the man. And he's amazing. He's yeah. just absolutely crushing it. You know what I mean? Like, those are the types of stories I like to to look at and I like to hear. A, a bit of advice I heard like forever ago that rings true forever is you have to be ready to give up what you are for what you'll become. Mm. Right, so he, if he had a stuck with MMA and identified it as MMA, and he was MMA, he would probably be parked. He'd be shaking everywhere. He'd be forgetting yeah. everything. It'd be, it'd be terrible. But now he's a phenomenal grappling athlete. Yeah, not that he wasn't before, but now he's. Oh, he's even better. Now. Ex- exactly. I, I think we can confidently say he's better than he was. <laughs> you know what I mean? As a grappler, he's, yeah, it's amazing to see. I think it it takes courage to to do that. Because as you mentioned, so commonly we can identify as 
one archetype of a human yeah. as well. This Perfect. is this is who I want to be. This is who I am. And the more you believe that, it's it can lead down a slippery slope when things get taken away from you. That's right. Um, I had to come to some big realizations in my own life about who I am and what I was and who I want to be and what I'm going to be. Even even when I think about my own jujitsu now, I'm like, what am I actually good at mm-hmm. in jujitsu? It's a tough. It's a hard question <laughs> to answer. So if, if you're a critical person, yeah, and yeah. You're like, Nothing. I'm like, I don't, I don't see. It's white, but it's like, I'm the best. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, have you ever been in one of my footlocks? <laughs> I'm not sure you understand what I'm trying to say to you. But yeah, I look, I say that all the time. And people are like, yeah, whatever. And I'm like, look, man, I can't think of one standout area that I have that is a, a higher attribute than another. So it's hard for me to analyze that. I understand. I probably am. Um, good at playing the game mm-hmm. to a certain extent. I think if I was to really try and highlight one attribute, it's, it's reading the game, playing the game and learning, learning sure. very quickly. I've probably got a decent grappling IQ from yeah. years of, of doing things. You were matched with, uh, I always say his name wrong, Kang Gerling? How do you say Gerling. his last name? Yeah. Gerling? Yeah. Yeah, your match with him is a perfect example of like something you could be and then your match, well not, not your match, but your role with me is like another example of something else you can be. Yeah. Like you're very adaptable and very... Very understanding of knowing which which direction to take the role in. Yeah, I think ad- adaptability is is probably a good key. But within that, you know, I, it's not like I teach that all the time. Being adaptable is great, but competitively, you've got to be almost forceful with direction. Sure. You know what I mean? Especially when you. Are. That's what I'm talking about. If you if you have a game that's just just good on top and maybe the best at it, and then you versus the guy who's best on bottom, <laughs> yeah. then what you know? Yeah, you have to be able to change. Changed the matter of the match. Yeah, 100%. Coming back to Pugs, so, and him being out of change, and then you talking about, um, you've had the same kind of realizations where maybe the direction you're going. So I feel like this is important for all combat athletes to remember, is you, you're not going to fight MMA forever. No. You're not. And maybe this changes you in one or two ways. Maybe it makes you fight more conservatively, and, and you worry, and you're... And you're try to protect yourself for the future, mm. which is okay too, because maybe you fight smarter, you know what I mean? And you put yourself in smarter positions. But also maybe you're, you try to fast track what you're doing. You dive yeah. deeper in, you you dedicate more because you realize you're not going to be doing this forever. Yeah, you try to get more fights in and yeah. close succession. Yeah, which, which might be good, might be yeah. terrible, might be. Yeah. But the, the important idea is not everyone's going to fight forever. Yeah. I think one of the most dangerous things, and I think this is proven on large scale and small scale as well as having a foot in each camp, I think that can be very, very difficult. Sure. Uh, and it can deteriorate quality of life for an athlete. You yeah. know, I, if you're worrying and trying to get two fights a month in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's exactly what I mean, right? Yeah. Or if you are worrying to the extent where it's kept you out yeah. and then you really want to have one more, you really want to have one more. Why? Yeah. Why do you really want to have one more? Do you want to go out on a win? Yeah. You know, is is that does that mean more to you than protecting yourself as a as a person and a human? Yeah. Is that intertwined with your identity? You don't want to be seen as someone who was, you know, not so good at the stuff that they dedicated themselves to because that's not how anyone sees anyone. As soon as you walk into the cage, you've got everyone's respect. Here, win, lose, sure. or draw. Yeah. You know what I mean, so it comes more down to you and the way you see things, but. Look, we can sit here and say that, but to live it is very different. It's tough. You know, very different. You've dedicated so much of your life to something. And I say big and small scale because we've seen those guys on the local scene who, you're like, oh, they're fighting again. 
<laughs> yeah. Okay. You know, I mean, that's, that's cruel for us because we like to see fights. That's a problem. But for them, like, yeah. yeah. It sucks for you. But yeah. do you feel like you have to do that? Do you know that the worst study of us being bad people um, is when Vitor Belfort gets announced to fight again? Oof. And you're like... I'll watch it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll pay, for I, I'll pay for it oh, if guy. he's on TRT. Yeah. Like, you know, if, if Vitor is using again, Please. I'll watch it. Yeah. You know, how bad is that? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, we don't want to see clean, safe, like, fair fights anymore. We just want to see Vitor on TRT. Another example of how terrible we are is um, Robbie Lawler versus Rory McDonald. Oh, yeah. The well, fact like, that's the greatest fight ever. It's like, <laughs> yeah, they both retired each other. Like, <laughs> never the same after that fight. Yeah. Poor Rory in that fight. Oh, man. my God. I think that's, I mean, something people don't talk about that much is like, yeah, what happened to Nate Diaz basically happened to Rory, but just in a harsher and longer format. Exactly. Like, Rory had to stop in yep. that fight yep. because of actual accumulated damage yep. imagine being so aware I, I can't even conceive of that in your mind so aware of how much damage you've taken in a fight that you're like if he touches me one more time I That's actually it. have to stop now. yeah and I'm sure it wasn't even a conscious I have to stop it was just mm. like I'm stopping yeah. oh I've stopped but with the amount of adrenaline that is going, with the amount of work yeah. that you've put in, with for the amount life. of skills that you have for and that recourse. Overcome everything. Oh, yeah. man. That and it wasn't a knockout punch, you know, no, it was no. a jab. No. Um, the straw that broke the nose. Is... <laughs> <laughs> that poor bugger. <laughs> um, terrible. I've got a couple more questions. Yeah. Um, Don't worry about it. So, I can reset this timer. This timer means nothing. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Well, guys, we have the first four-hour podcast. Yeah, no... no um, no open mouth this morning, guys. <laughs> just saying, I better post it quick so Sorry everyone knows. Um, so I don't feel like there's that many supplements that all fighters should take, but I feel like there's a couple. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you agree or if you have something you think everyone should take. Uh, targeted supplements, I think, can be very useful, like creatine based on uh, the studies around. Everyone should take creatine, right? Everyone should be taking creatine in a targeted manner. So not necessarily for water retention in their muscles, but in and around sparring. Mm-hmm. It's strategically used. It's proven. Real quick. So I feel like with, with creatine, there needs to be a, a base level in your body. So I feel like you should be taking it all the time. I and think, it, yeah. Maybe five week, maybe not. Maybe not. But yeah. the rest of the time, creatine, all the time, protect your brain. In- incremental processes. So like uh, the beginning, of, like where is your sparring? Like where is your sparring in your week? As in like if it's load up for Friday, yeah. for example, is that what you mean? Yeah, 100%. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can overload your creatine pretty harshly if you try hard enough. But it's, uh, you might be a little bit bloated. In, yeah. in all other senses, it's safe, right? Yeah. 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 100%. Yeah, I think gonna... it's very important. I think it's proving to be more important now. Yeah. Tim Rogers put me on that. So yeah. shout out to Tim. Good everyone, on you, Tim. Everyone take creatine. Look yeah. after your brain. Yeah. yeah. Look yeah. after your brain in general. Yeah. Hydrate yes, yourself properly. Good water. Hydration. Yeah. 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 That's a big one. Shout out training. Next. Any other supplements you feel like everyone should take? Well, supplements in general, like male and female can be a little bit different. So I'll, I'll speak on what I know. Yeah. I know that uh, maybe if you're a fasting type person or maybe if you're vegan, vegetarian, carnitine can be a very useful supplement for you. Um, accessing the right fuel stores, accessing the right type of 
fuel stores for your brain as well. Sure. If you're low on certain things, carnitine is a carnitine is a basic amino enzyme that isn't replicated in your body. So you need it from outside sources. It's very abundant in things like meat. Nice. Um, if you're not having meat, then you're not going to have carnitine. Helps you to um, penetrate the mitochondria around fat cells to access uh, energy and fuel ATP. That's in fat, basically. So and it enacts proper usage of energy from fuel cells. What can aid to? That's one of the things that I think you could potentially use. Um, ATP is the other side of having creatine, right? Yeah. 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 So uh, the energy transfer process of just talking and moving mm-hmm. and being around, that is what you're using generally. That, that energy is what you're using generally. So carnitine can help you access that. Um, if you're like keto or have a lot of ketones, then mm-hmm. it's probably not going to be as necessary. Mm-hmm. But if you're not, then it can be a useful tool. I think one of the overlooked things is gut health. Mm-hmm. So accessing the power of your microbiome to, to aid in your cortisol level of regulation. So and understanding how that interacts with insulin spikes in your bloodstream and things like that. Look into it. Have a look into it. Do a little bit of study on it because it's going to change from person to person. Sure. But if you're talking about a person who is an athlete and those things matter for you know your fat loss or your power output or your cardiovascular output, um, looking into how you can improve your microbiome with fermented foods, black tea, kimchi, kombucha, these types of. There's a reason why these things exist, and they exist for that purpose and that reason. So basic gut health is really important. Uh, blood health. So like. Um, Insulin resistance versus sensitivity. This is also very important. Um, if you're getting up in the morning and you're absolutely starved or if you have one meal and you're like, oh my God, like I'm so full of energy and then 20 minutes later you crash. There's a reason for that as well. It's generally it's like, can come back to your blood health. So sure. regulating uh, your caffeine intake, making sure that you don't have coffee you know, within an hour to 90 minutes of actually waking so that adenosine can build up in your system prior to that point prior to the blockage of it it's also going to help you sleep a little bit better if you undertake that process uh but also understanding the power of stress at the same time so um stress and adrenaline can aid you in your actual performance when you're training uh and training optimization is important too so those types of things you're going to use cinnamon to regulate cortisol you can use um chili to uptick your metabolism like there's different little strategies like that uh green tea is excellent for this strategy as well i think one of the big ones for men may be zinc Mm -hmm. maybe a very overlooked um you know uh shout out to one of the proven supplements to help with cold and flu your cold and flu tablets don't work no no zinc zinc works um immune system and even uh sex binding uh hormone or globulin or whatever the hell it's called like this is actually a very important process like hormonally it's important and speaking of hormonally vitamin d incredibly necessary for any athlete or just any human as well generally you know someone as white as me is not getting the vitamin (laughs) d that they need but the number one for everyone as very simple is magnesium cool okay magnesium for um you know base muscular recovery Mm -hmm. and uh, safe muscular recovery as well. Safe regulation of muscle recovery can aid with your sleep, can aid with your, um, uh, what's the other purpose for it? Can aid with your electrolyte intake as well. So it's like the 
opens the door for electrolytes to actually be utilized in your system. Magnesium is very important. Very, very commonly when people think they have an iron deficiency, they actually have a magnesium sure. deficiency because it, yeah. it, can, it can show up similarly. Yeah. Yes, so many things are necessary. Omega-3? Yeah, omega, so fish oils. Yeah. For the brain as well, right? Very, very important. Yeah. Um, and I guess along that line, uh, if you're having certain issues, like if you're having joint issues or cognitive issues, yeah, um, curcumin, turmeric curcumin, like Gangster. this is important as well. I think getting ahead yeah. of that, so like implementing those things early in your diet before you have those issues is probably more uh, impactful than having a reactive response. That's, um, that's the nail on the head. Do it before it's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. If the guy's the best in the world are doing this, start doing it now. Mm. Yeah. Quit. I mean, it's going to be tough because we just had a couple, but yeah. quickly just, so creatine. Creatine's good yeah. for combat athletes who take shots to the head. <laughs> yeah. And real quick, so these are all, we're not doctors. No, 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 we no. We haven't no. seen your blood. No, please don't. Don't, don't base everything you do on us. These and are I, kind of something. I could literally have bit butchered all of my breakdowns <laughs> on that. Creatine can help you out. Carnitine can help you out. I believe green tea can also help you out. I'm yeah. a big subscriber to that. Magnesium, zinc, vitamin D, these things are all incredibly important. And then fish oils, turmeric, curcumin, these can be important for you as well. So just uh, go out and put it on your list, buy it all, have it all at the same time, and just see what happens. <laughs> just shoot yourself up. It's how you feel. But getting your butts done is definitely a good idea as well, oh, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Ha have a look at what you're deficient in. Yeah. 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 You might be surprised. Yeah. Yeah. It might be one little key area that you overlooked, and you're like, oh. It's a game changer. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be guessing. The only thing that's going to make you actually do things or make changes consistently is when you see on a page that mm -hmm. there's a discrepancy and then you actively go out there and plug that gap and you feel different later. Do you get your bloods done? I do. I have to get my bloods done all the time anyway. Sure. Um, just because of the history that I've had with bloods in I'm general. About, I'm about to get done for the first time. Yeah. Because everyone says it's a great idea. It is a good idea. And I feel like I've done done for not having done it sooner. Um, what things, if anything, do you know that I should get listed? You know get I mean? a full blood, plan blood panel. You can just ask for that. Hey, doc, full, full blood panel, please. Full blood panel and screening. And have a, ask for things like um, clotting factors as well. Sure. Um, and take those results to a dietitian, and also take those results to your general GP. Ah, well. nice. Yeah. Good one. Because they can help you out a little bit. Yeah. They know what they're looking at. Not just me. Smarties. Speculating. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can have some eggs in the yeah. morning. That's going to be great for you, sonny. Did you have your meat and two veg today? That's what it was. <laughs> gravy. That's oh. <laughs> so the only supplement you need is gravy. <laughs> Pour it into my mouth. I feel like a... A 1700s old timey dog baby tried cocaining it. Like, <laughs> I, should, I should do it. I've heard arsenic is great. <laughs> now we have this tonic here. There is a fair amount of bleach in it, but that's all right. That's best as it balances it. <laughs> we, oh man, coming from the wrong time period. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I did. There were some questions that I was meant to ask you. I have one more question. The shit questions compared to the questions you're asking. The last question I had. I think was um, uh, what pitfalls do you see most people falling into when they first start? And, oh, then, and maybe this yeah. is like why they stop training. Maybe this is why they get hurt earlier. Maybe this is yeah. just like 
easy problem where you're like, stop doing that, buddy. Yeah. Overtraining? Yeah. Good one. Yeah. No, no. I'm not okay with overtraining. <laughs> underresting. Yeah, underresting. Over. I, I don't feel like overtraining is a problem. I feel like underresting is a problem. But just understanding is a problem. So that there's a balance. There's so much that they can do. Sure. I think they see a class schedule. Like they see a class schedule at M16, and they see a class schedule at Trinity or whatever. And there's a shit ton on the schedule, and they want to do everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they don't understand the toll that it's going to take. And therefore, they don't understand the recovery needs that they're going to have after a week of doing that. Um, that's the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's nice. just a little bit of understanding. Yeah. Um, and then the other one is comparison. Oh, so good one. Good one. Easily. People don't walk away because they plateau. Most mm-hmm. people I know are up for the work when yeah. it's there to be done. Um, but it's the comparison factor. So... I started at the same time as another guy. They got their blue belt and I didn't. Sure. Fuck it, I'm done. Sure. You know what I mean, and it and that's it can't. It's not always as blunt as that, but somewhere internally they were comparing, mm-hmm. and that has led to more people quitting than almost injury has. Nice. Uh, so I really encourage everyone to walk their own path, be an individual. Different people are going to learn and excel at different rates in different areas at different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so your belt journey is your own. You're going to write your own story when it comes to your belt journey. It's going to be a good story. Let it be that story. Let yourself be a five to six year white belt and blast through blue and then sure. have some battles at purple and then come to some realizations at brown belt and really sit on it and then not want your black belt for years and then finally get your black belt and it feels good. You know, that might be your story. Might not be. Might be kicked down and getting three. Yeah. You know what I mean? So just let it be your own. Um, and within that, I think you can be a little bit more honest with yourself about what you want and how you want to go about it. You know, do you really because want to fight? Because it's your journey. It is. You don't have to care about yeah. chokes because they do. You don't have to care about fighting. You don't have to care about any of it. 100%. And you won't compare to the people that are achieving those things. Nice. Yeah. That's probably my, my big two. That's tough. It's, it can be tough to do that sometimes, right? Very hard. Yeah. Yeah. If I was to compare myself with Declan, I'd cry in a corner. (laughs) Yeah, I don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Damn, Declan. But, I mean, it's not, you know, you just get a... I don't know if it's an acquired skill or a learned skill. Maybe it's just because I'm older. But you've got to be happy for people when they achieve things. Good one. You just... We're all... They're like you. They're most like you, more like you than anyone else. Because they chose the same thing that you like. Mm -hmm. You know, we all like jujitsu. They got really good at it. They're achieving really high things. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's good for them in their life. You shouldn't be like, oh, I should be doing that. You know, you should be like, they're doing that. That's good. Feel good for them. If you, if you can unlock that, then you're going to be like a kid in a candy store. It's going to be fun. Podcasts like this where you talk to these people, the good, like you've had Declan on, you've had uh, the beginner guys, you've had like everyone. They really, mm-hmm. I feel like it highlights that everyone else has their own story as well. Mm. So you should, you should have your own and they have theirs as well. And like I said, be happy for them when they're doing their part of their story. You know, it's not mm. just because um, Jack Barnes getting real good real quick and ready <laughs> me in the front, front cradle. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. my God. Just because he's getting... doesn't mean that my, my journey sucks or is worse. <laughs> his journey is doing good, you know? Oh, I'm going to go easier on him now that I've heard that. I'm going to be like... Jack, why do you keep letting me double leg you? That's the, <laughs> the question I want to ask you. What is going on there? And the last time we rolled, why did you get upset? No, I'm joking. I'm joking. That's not what happened. He was, you did fine. You did great. Sort of. 
Poor guy. <laughs> he's, he's actually doing really well. He's doing really well. A little bit more uh, attention to detail on his striking, and uh, he'll be undeniable in terms of coming into that that yeah. fight team. Some good guys coming out, right? There are. There are some good guys no coming problem. through. There's a couple of sleepers in there as well, like Ali. Oh, I love Ali. Ali. I love that kid. Rahula as yeah. well. Look, Chris Vadinas, as soon as he sets his sights on <laughs> MMA, he's going to be unstoppable. Jack's going to be unstoppable. We asked uh, Antonio Cesaro. Now, there is a kid at our academy called Antonio Cesaro. He didn't know that Cesaro was like a WWE wrestler. He had no idea. And oh, then boy. now he's the like, wrong he's like the opposite body type as well, like complete opposite. But like his name is Cesaro. Um, he's excelled at striking very, very quickly. He has a, you know, oh, I've got some tape on me. Tell me your MMA coach. Yeah, 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 coach. yeah, yeah. So the tape that I use to tape people's gloves is just stuck on random pieces of my clothing. Um, but we asked, you know, we asked him to have a little bit of a trial with the fight team. He had some gaps sure. that he needed to fill grappling wise. So he's sort of like the opposite of Jack. Yeah. And he dedicated himself to it. He went, he's at every wrestling class, he's at every cage class now. And the way that he sparred on the weekend, or just actually was um, on Friday, he is putting together that style now that is going to be immediately transferable to an actual fight situation. He's already had a striking into club. I want to see him on the mats in a grappling competition as well, cultivating a competitive style. And he's right there as well. So it's, it's been tough recently with people taking fight opportunities, but in terms of development, we've got good leadership and I'm trying to promote more leadership now nice. with Jake Chenoweth and Tim Rogers becoming the captains, Great the choice, MMA captains. Great choice. Um, I want to make sure that we are really highlighting that it is a team. This mm. is a team of guys and we can, if you're on the team, it means something to be mm. on that team and we can, uh, we can make it a little bit more friendly. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be as official. I'm a criminal for this. I, I do this all the time. I don't want it to like, it's just because I'm a systems based person. Sure. And I, so everything becomes very official. You're entering into this program. I now into this program and into this program. It's like, yeah, but we're still all friends. There's, there's a value in hierarchy, right? And this is sometimes as a coach, this is if, if you can have the Tim and Jake to make the friendship and yourself mm. to drive hierarchy, that's a good balance. Right? I think so as well. I yeah. think, and I think I'm, you know, I'll give myself a little bit of credit because I understand that it's something that I lacked. Mm. I'm not, you know, I'm a nerd, you know, I'm pretty antisocial. Sure. I'm pretty introverted, but Tim's not, Jake's not. And most of the people in our crew aren't. Yeah. So they're going to need days where they go down to the beach and do conditioning and have barbecues and stuff like that. And that's, if it comes from me, it's going to feel like coaches telling you, you have to yeah. do a barbecue, you know yeah. what I mean? But like, if, if it comes from Tim, it's like, yeah, kick the foot in and shit like that. But that's powerful. It really yeah. means something. It's really important. Uh, and it should be a part of any gym culture. How hard is it to take feet? I'm assuming it's not because you're an excellent coach, but how hard is it to recognize where you are going to lack and take yourself out and let someone else fill that spot? Because you know they're going to do it better than you. Me you know personally, I mean? it's not so difficult because I understand the power in that process and I understand that I'm fallible. But it's also, an, it's an easy choice, right? Yeah, it, is, it should it's be an easy. Choice. It's easy. And if you've got people around who you trust, then yeah. they can tell you shit that you need to hear. Nice. 
Tim's like, we're not doing this. We're not yeah. doing that. And I'm like, well, let's do it. And you do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, perfect person to do it. Yeah, exactly. It's why, it's why he recognizes it and values it enough to bring it up. Yeah. And they're going to take over me. Inevitable. It's inevitable. <laughs> they have to. If they don't, I've failed. Good one. Good one. Yeah. This is how I feel with Wild. Like, this is with Josh Bish. There's a guy, Geordie, who's he just like shot right up, mm. right up real quick since... Because they feel the role better than I yeah, do. You know? yeah. Miles from M16, perfect at this, mm. right? Like he recognizes other better coaches in areas and brings them in. And yeah. lets, them, lets, lets them do what they need to do. Yeah. He was the best at it. Like I had a conversation with him years ago about coaching and, and all of these ideas because he's like, you know, what what's the best thing to do? What's the best way to go? Like, should I stop fighting to be a coach? And I'm like, if, you, if that's not on the cards for you, man, then you just... There's one or two ways you can go. You can either be the head guy and do everything, or you can bring in the best guys. Yeah. If you, if you really want to be the elite, yeah, be the man or bring in all the guys. Yeah. And that's what he did. He's the and man. He's, he's created an incredible team, an incredible unit and community that's made a huge impact. M16 single has made the single most impact on the MMA combat sports community than any other club that I can think of. Perfect. Um, and that's not to detract from any other clubs. I'm of just course. calling it like I see it. Of course. You know what I mean? Honestly, on a national scale, they're making a huge impact. You know, yeah. they've got fighters fighting on a lot of cars in different states. Um, they're impacting our immediate South Australian community by putting on different competitions, bringing in the highest level coaching and bringing in a very high level of exposure as well. What Craig Ike has done with CardioFlex and bringing DFC to the forefront oh, good one. Has, good has been a great driver forward for the competitive MMA scene. Yeah. But what M16 have done with the coaching side of things, the community side of things has been huge, absolutely huge. I'd, li I'd like to think that Trinity MMA being one of the original um, professional MMA gyms is sort of set a bit of a standard for what you can achieve with a professional MMA program. That's something that I'd, you know, when it comes to my time to do so, I would love to hang my hat on and say, I did that. Yeah. Um, I took part in that. Uh, and there's a lot of uh, academies now that are opening like yourself, like element, like ground level, like they've had that blueprint that's set out for them and they can follow it and expand on it in their own regard. And they're doing so with great success. Mm -hmm. That's an, another thing that is important what M16 are doing, what we've done, what you've done, it's impacting other gyms positively. The future, right? Yeah, so I think that's really, really cool. Like if other gyms are actually progressing because of things that other gyms are doing and yeah. providing or even, you know, just inadvertently providing some guidance or indirectly providing guidance. I remember when I first Brilliant. started coming to your gym and you said, yeah, it's fine, come on in. We just, we're happy to see South Australia get better. Yeah. Back then, no one was really cross-training anyway. So mm. it's, if you weren't, no, I'm not saying you weren't, but if you weren't for cross-training, you could say you were because no one else was letting anyone cross-train. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. But I feel like, so you, you were probably one of the first that was like, yeah, anyone, anyone come on in. You can be mm. from anywhere. I'm just happy to help make you better. And then Miles is the one that's kind of like, I feel like popularized mm. cross-training. And, and now, now everyone's doing it. You know? yeah. Not everyone, but everyone. Well, the, it, it allows us to operate on a broader scale yeah. Right? So if it's going to be South Australia versus South Australia, I can see why people are like, oh, no, you know, sure. if there's too much cross-training, then we're not going to be able to get matchups going. And sure. It's like, that's true, but do we want to be local or do we want to be professional national? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, at an amateur level, club versus club's fine. Makes sense. 
Imagine. Absolutely fine. And we're going to do that over and over and over again, you know, but, but then, on a national level, bring your pros in. This, this is where we need to start to pull together. Uh, if we really want to fight guys from interstate who have very high level professional MMA gyms, like scrappy and like integrated men, mm. we're going to have to be as professional and pool our resources. Otherwise we're going to be at a disadvantage. Freestyle fight gym was that Vox? Gym? Yeah, Vox so they gym. have open sparring policies. You can you can go you can just go over there and train on their sparring day. <laughs> oh my god! And then you hear Vox talk about it. He's not gonna. He's we sit. Uh, he's saying it and doing it's one thing. But he says he's not gonna bash you. I'm not gonna kill you. <laughs> Come on! But if you try and guillotine me, yeah. you might die. <laughs> like, yeah, you can just go train with those guys. Yeah. The best in the world doing it. Why would we not? Yeah. 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 Oh well, I mean, to, to be honest, the first person who really did it was Dylan Opitz. Oh, good one. Yeah, OG. so Dylan, back in the day when, you know, when he broke away from SABJ Day as a purple belt, he had the web submission the web. grappling, right? And that oh. was the first gym that I can ever, can think of at all yeah. that had real open mats yeah. with any gym. Yeah. And that people actually took up yeah, that nice. invitation as well. The web sub submission grappling tournament was that first, like, underground little tournament yeah. that brought guys from... Aruda, Northside, ISO, you know, SABJJ, oh, everyone cool. was in that. Everyone was in that. That's cool. Um, you know, that we used to spar hard Saturday, 11 a.m. at different cages around the place. Yeah. And I used to be dead. And then I used to get Tom Crosby, pull him into my car. We would car sauna. Or I could be as dehydrated Gross. as you could possibly Gross. be. Like, just disgusting. And drive over to the web down in Paraka That's funny, yeah. for their open mat because we weren't going to miss it. We'd yeah. be absolutely destroyed. Imagine that, like cast on it immediately after the hardest sparring. Yeah, yeah, Let's do everything wrong, yeah. shall we? Yeah. Like, well, Don't do that, guys. And then have like a pre-workout or something like that before you go <laughs> roll at the web. But, you know, he, he was the first one who ever did that. That's cool. Um, and I remember... I remember practicing rubber guard in that guy's living room, you know yeah. what I mean? Just like watching Eddie Bravo and various states of disrepute uh, <laughs> practicing <laughs> rubber guard and like we're just learning and progressing together, you know what I mean? Like it was pretty cool to see him get his black belt and yeah, I just, um, I think you gotta give credit where it's due and you gotta highlight people who have done a lot for the, the community and for the sport and he's one of them. Shout yeah. out to the Batphone podcast for doing that. <laughs> oh, cheers. No, I appreciate you know that. I'm, I'm, I'm very upset if people don't get the respect they deserve. Good. So, yeah. That's one thing I get upset about, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Any other questions on your notebook? This has turned into the Alan Hartley interviews Nick Hughes podcast. Uh, they want to hear more about uh, you. Do you want to rapid fire any questions? Oh, one of the questions that people were asking is like, are you, have you ever been interested in other sports outside of mm. MMA or? No, because I'm garbage at them. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever play one? Yeah, play football. Yeah. And then any, any excuse not to do it. Yeah, because I'm garbage <laughs> at it. I was the worst. I'm a terrible athlete all around. Oh yeah, sure. No yeah. worries. I'd love to say, a, a lot of people have that answer though. Like they tried to play a ball sport and were just incredibly it uncoordinated. No at it. Yeah. Like just like, uh, like a deer yeah. in the headlights, like trying to do shit. I got more concussions from a ball to the face, I think. <laughs> Balls to the face. Oh, yeah, we've all been there. We've all been we've there. We've all been, we've been there. there. Yeah, we've all ra ra rolled with Dave DeConti. Um, I've tried for sure. I've tried. i tried. Sport, tried so. a lot yeah, yeah. no yeah. that's awesome man um so in terms of your 
plans for the future? Given that you've had a little bit of time now yeah. uh, at St. Mary's, where do you see it going? This is a great question because it's, it's changing. Mm. It's changing. It's not what I thought it was going to yep. be like. Like you said, a lot of people kind of coming in from different places. So I've got people from all levels stopping in from, from new, new white belts. I've got like a, a four-stripe blue belt from Sydney. I've got a purple and a brown belt that are all kind of joining under my tutelage. Mm. So it's, I'm, I'm honestly just kind of seeing where it's going. I'm trying to build a fight team, of course, trying to build a competition team, of course, and, and build up the schedule. Um, but I think it's going to be one of the, one of the, because of where we are kind of centrally, one of the mixing sports hopefully one of the melting pots yep. of, of South Australia where kind of it's not far from the guys from South Carolina, not far from the guys from North Carolina where we mm. can all join together and almost be one of these pro teams. That would be, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that sounds really good. Let's do that. Cool. That, that was easy. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's almost like, it's almost a little, of course I want to build my, my guys up to the, to the world's best level, but I would love to be the area where people can mix together. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's brilliant, man. Well, we can make that happen. As I said, we're going to come on Wednesday. Are you serious about coming on Wednesday? Yeah, man. We're going to travel train. I want to do more of this as a team, as a group. Yeah. Hopefully, I can. I might not be able to make the 5.30 because of work, but I'll I'll definitely be there for 6.30, which I believe right now is no gi. Yeah. Yeah. I'm coming to your no gi. (laughs) This is a a real problem. (laughs) (laughs) It's not a problem. It's a good problem. Why? Why is it a problem? What do I do to you that... Everyone no, the, the expectation that I would put on myself to teach an excellent class. Oh, you better. Yeah. I've, I've already written the class, and yeah, how many times I'm going to rewrite it now? Oh, between no, now and Wednesday. It's all right. <sighs> You're going to be fine. For sure. For sure. For sure. <laughs> all right, man. Well, you've got half an hour to head over to your open mat. Anything else you wanted to chat about before we go? It's been really good having you in here, man, sitting in my living room amongst the uh, pop culture replicas everywhere. Can I do thank yous? Yeah, that- sure. Yeah. Thanks, someone. Um, so... My wife, Jade, always number one, um, keeps me on the right path. Good, good or bad, keeps me in the, where, where, no matter where I am, puts me in the right direction. Real good. Um, you for doing this, bringing more people to the spotlight and bringing them in, uh, great. And then it's a tough one, but everyone who kind of chose me for the to start at my gym. Mm-hmm. So we got we got what you would call foundation members who are going to be something in five, ten years. You know mm-hmm. what I mean, like. These guys who came in in the first couple of months, like it's a it's a big gamble going to a new gym, and everyone who who chose, thanks, mm-hmm. I appreciate that a whole bunch. Like it's a, it really does mean a lot, and hopefully I can repay you in five years. You know what I mean? You'll yeah. be hopefully you're better for being in my gym in five years. Yeah. Thanks for that. I appreciate you. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. And I 100% can back that they will be. They're gonna be awesome. I'll make it happen. I trust you, man. I trust yeah. you and I believe in you. Cool. I really do. Thank you. Uh, we need people like you around the industry and I'm glad that we have you. I'm glad that you made the choice to come down and uh, relocate to a little bit closer to us so yeah. you can have more of these interactions and Good. we're all going to benefit from it, man. We, need, As I said, we need more people like you who are willing to take those things and, and run with them. So, uh, are there, Is there anyone else that you would like me to have on the podcast? it sounds silly because you really asked to have it but I would love to have my wife on she's got a real good perspective on I know I know I, know. I tried I told you that's what I said man. I know I know and we'll get it we'll keep working at it yeah um, she's actually got a, a lot of great opinions on how people should train good yeah uh, Jade you better come on you better come on I'm gonna on. ask you 
when <laughs> I don't know how you would do it, but um, a lot of these kind of in, intermediate guys mm. have have some really good opinions on, on what what's worked. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I looked to do it with uh, Chris Vadinas and Jack Farmer having perfect. him on, and they, they had perfect. some great insights. Exactly. You know what I mean? So I think if people listened to that and understand what we're talking about, where you know, being in that position of an intermediate guy who's learning all of these things and trying to progress towards other things and trying to figure out what's important and where to go, I think there's some great insights there. So I listened to them on a Monday afternoon and I trained hard that night <laughs> <laughs> I trained hard that was inspiring that's awesome yeah, yeah. Right, I'll try and get some more of those types of people on volunteer some guys from your academy gangster and we'll, we'll get them on yeah the f- yeah yeah get yes yeah. <laughs> you're like oh that's a good idea yeah. done too easy man alright well, we'll we'll get out of here so that you can go actually run your class at your gym that you own thank you uh, but of course guys you know please stay tuned because we're going to be back same bad time same bad channel for all the bat fans out there